0: It's an overcast day here in sun. what normally is, well, sunny Sacramento, but we're just starting our winter weather here. So winter weather means it gets cold. It gets very cold here, but it's not cold enough to snow. That's the thing. So all we do is everything freezes. Every once in a while, we get snow here, but not very often. Anyway, I want to welcome you guys. and I want to make a couple of announcements. Uh, what you guys may not be aware of is that we are an active paranormal investigation team. Like I said, we're based out of Sacramento. And uh, we have 35 members up and down the state of California, Oregon, Washington, and Nevada, and, part, and I think Hawaii as well. But I want to tell you guys is we also offer, we've been doing this for 18 years, a long, long time, and we also offer classes and, we, and, and, and adventures. Uh, sometimes we have uh, ghost hunts that we call, uh, not ghost adventures, but we have a you know, along that line, where we will take you on a ghost hunt um, with us, and you can use our equipment and all that good stuff. Go, and uh, we're going to be doing some of those coming up here, maybe at the end, towards the end of the month. However, um, we are non nonprofit, and like I'm always saying at the end of the show, every little bit, you know, if you could help us out a little bit, it would be great because, yeah, it's coming out of my pocket, and uh, things are tight right now, and I'm hoping to keep the show on this month. Uh, hopefully, nothing goes wrong in the next week and a half um because i still got you know i have uh, built like everybody else i've got overhead for internet and stream yard costs and everything else going on and like i said we're, we're non-profits so we are one of the poorer teams out there we don't you know if, if we do a conference we bring in our own people to do it we don't bring in big names or anything like that uh along that line we do have a cl- we do have an event coming up next friday evening at 7:30 p.m pacific time and that is a seance psychic reading with One of our own uh, psychics, Stephanie Page Belson, and she is going to be doing five-minute readings for folks uh, during the seance. And so, you know, she'll go person-to-person. We're going to do it on Zoom. She'll go person-to-person. And if she happens to come in contact with uh, one of your deceased relatives, she's going to go ahead and do the read. So if you're interested in that, visit www.californiahauntsradio.com. Go to the top. Hit the button at the top that says Events, and it'll take you right to the page. Another class we're doing on the 13th, uh, I believe it's the 13th, uh, I'm going to be teaching a development, a moderate psychic development class. I have details on that at www.CaliforniaHauntsRadio.com. If you are a ghost hunter and you are interested in learning how to use your equipment better, more efficiently, I've got another class coming up on the 20th www.californiahaunts.com and that is going to be on equipment and I'm talking like X-Cam we're going to look at everything inside now on the X-Cam we're going to look at our tri field meters that we use and all every piece almost every piece of equipment that you use out in the field we're going to take a look at it so you have a better understanding of the equipment so if you could do that, I'd appreciate it. Like I said, we, you know, we got the, the show is is a great show, and I think you guys listen. So obviously, you think it is too. But we want to stay on the air, and that's the only way we can stay on the air is we've got to take donations to do this. So please, please help us out a little bit. You can see the ticker at the bottom. Donate to PayPal.me at California Haunts. Any little bit helps, believe me, because we've really got to make the bills this month. I still like Kvie, I know, but uh, that's just the way it is economics. Anyway, we've got a great, now on a happier note, we've got a great show for you tonight. We have an old friend of ours is on, Sandra Coos. Hopefully, Hopefully I got her name right. I'm horrible with names. But she's going to be on tonight. Last time she was on, we were talking about, uh, oh my gosh, we were talking about abuse, child abuse and adult abuse and things like that. But she also has other talents that she wants to share with us. So she's coming back on to tell Back on tonight to tell us about her other talents. So without further ado, let me bring her up. Hello. Hi. How are you tonight? I'm
1: doing good. How are you?
0: I'm good. I'm good. Cold, but good. <laughs> cold? Come to Canada. <laughs> oh yeah, cold to use. You know what I want is, you don't know, they don't have them here. I'm dying to like get maple syrup and freeze it. <laughs> And make those pop things that you have in canada that would be so cool my teeth would fall out but that would be cool yeah Where, whereabouts in canada
1: uh i'm in the most southern part i'm in windsor directly on okay. the border to detroit okay so it's not as cold yet but it's getting there
0: <laughs> yeah but you guys have all kinds of cool animals too i mean you go out you, you go out in the woods you got moose you got all that good stuff
1: well, not right here, yes, but... Okay, yeah, I'm, right. just,
0: I'm just saying, like, you know, we have North and all that stuff. See, up North with us, we have stuff like that, too, but not Moose. We we have, you know, big, big old elk and and all this goes on, but... Uh, uh, it's a cousin, so
1: it's an Yeah,
0: honor. that's it, that's it. All right, well, tell us, for the people that didn't see you the last time, tell us about you. Okay.
1: Well, my name is Sandra Koos. I'm an intuitive trauma release and life transformation coach i'm a published author and i've been helping awakened souls um navigate life since 2013.
0: okay okay and you're a reiki master correct
1: yes i'm a reiki master and teacher i'm an akashic record healer okay tarot reader Yes, that too. Oh, let's hear not some as of a hobby, this. not so much more as a business, but as a hobby. Right. And I guess just simply an
0: intuitive. Okay, okay. So as a Reiki healer, what, what does it take to become a, Re- a Reiki master?
1: Well, it depends. First, it depends on which modality you choose from Reiki. There are so mm-hmm. many different ones. Um, The one I chose, the classic one the we reiki is three levels it's mm-hmm. the level one level two and master teacher okay and i studied all three in 2010 and i love it how does reiki work well how does reiki work
0: <laughs> <laughs> um
1: well That's an interesting question. I was never asked that question.
0: (laughs) How does it work? (laughs) I like trying to figure these things out to trip you up. No, go ahead.
1: (laughs) Well, in a nutshell, the Reiki practitioner bundles the energy around us and guides it into the body of the client. Mm -hmm. And the energy is basically going everywhere in the body. So physical, mental, spiritual, and emotional level. And it rebalances the energy, clears out what needs to be cleared out, guides energy where energy is needed. And by doing that, it helps, for example, with stress, anxiety, depression, but also with physical pain, with um, ailments. You can heal cancer with Reiki. Wow. I have a client who healed her ovarian cancer with it. It's very impressive. But yeah, Reiki is really just energy and everything around us is energy. We are energy. And whenever there is something wrong within our body, if it's headaches, for example, and you have too much energy in your head for the most part, so you just got to guide it out and the headache will ease. Or you have pain. Let's say, for example, you have sciatica. When you okay. have sciatica, the energy has been stuck there for very long. It's stagnant. So when I pull it out, it feels like sticky tar almost. Like really, it pulls like gum. And this is sciatica. And when you pull it out, the pain is just gone. You know, it's truly amazing.
0: What's amazing is you read me without me even opening up, which is fascinating because I because I have... um spinal stenosis which gives me sciatica
1: well interesting how did i know that <laughs> see that's what i
0: mean whoa it's already happening guys <laughs> unintentional
1: <laughs> yes but a regular we have it's really, i love it it's really it's truly really amazing it can help you in so many different ways mm-hmm. to give you an example sure um um, a few years ago, I was giving free Reiki classes during an event at a gym and I had people lining up all night to get like quick five to 10 minutes Reiki treatments. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the day, there was a woman, she came by with her friends and one of her friends said, well, why don't you try that? And that woman that came, she had no idea what Reiki was, but she wasn't so much pain. And she said well you know what i tried everything else why not and she had degenerative disc syndrome in her neck okay. so for the most part she had to wear a neck brace that night she didn't but she said for the past couple of months she wasn't able to move her neck so she wasn't a lot of pain so i asked her to lay down on a table and started working right on her neck so basically what i do is I hover my hand over the part, and I feel where there's heat, or mm-hmm. coolness. So, And if it's too cold or too hot, that's how I know that energy is stuck there.
0: Think it so. doesn't
1: necessarily mean that there is an issue. It just means that energy is stuck in this place. So I'm I just held my hand over and started pulling out the energy, and my hand was burning hot. I felt like it was like a river of lava coming out from her neck. It was so much hot energy and heat can indicate inflammation.
0: Right. I was just going to say that.
1: Yes. It can indicate, doesn't have to, but it can. Well, but in this case it did because of her issue. And so I kept on just pulling out and pulling out and pulling out. And after about five minutes, she asked me to stop because it got too hot for her. Now, sometimes this can happen that the client feels the heat too. Mm -hmm. Now, if I were in my own Reiki space, I would have asked her to, allow me to finish to release the energy quickly. But I saw that she was already nervous and didn't really understand what was happening. I mean, feeling it so hot. So I helped her get up because I knew that the energy would just release on its own
0: Mm -hmm.
1: for the rest of the night. And I had to sit up and then I was asking her, well, how are you feeling? And she turned her head and said, I have no pain. Wow. And that was five minutes of Reiki.
0: Nice. Is that similar to um, people that work, work with polarity? You know where they talk about where, um, like, it, 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 if your if is if your energy's out of balance, essentially, it'll cause the pain. Polarity is just another version of that. You know where they're it's like overloading a plug, you know, and then they have to like loosen it all up again. Yeah.
1: Okay. It's the same or yeah. similar. Yes.
0: Yeah. Okay. Cool. That's really cool. I've never seen somebody do that. It'd be fascinating to watch, you know. I'm just used to the, the chiropractor, chiropractor pounding on my neck, <laughs> you know. Giving me the Vulcan death grip, you know. Yeah, no, I'm gentler. <laughs> <laughs> so you do that, and how many clients do you do you get that that you work with like that? Um, it varies.
1: Usually, five to six in a week. Okay. So it really depends. Some people come every three months, some come every two weeks, others come once a month. It really differs greatly.
0: So the, the, the time for the, the sessions must differ as well, right? I mean, not everybody's there for that, for the same amount of time or are they?
1: Well, usually they run about 45 minutes, maybe okay. an hour, depending on how much a person needs. Mm-hmm. I mean, Some Reiki practitioners go 90 minutes. Mm-hmm. But for me personally, I think this is a little too long, but everybody's different. So other people do it 30 minutes. I go 45 to sixty, and like I get everything done the whole body, including cleansing the chakras and rebalancing
0: them. and So do you use any special tools to do this so, you know you know like dowsing rods or anything like that 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 you're working with the you know special stuff?
1: No, sometimes I use crystals. Okay. That's usually just the energy. Okay. This is,
0: it's fascinating mm-hmm. that you can and do this stuff.
1: Practitioners out there and they all have their own abilities that are put in with Reiki. I and mean, Reiki is really just the beginning. Whenever someone is at the beginning of their spiritual journey and they ask me, where should I start? I always say practice Reiki.
0: Mm-hmm. That's
1: the beginning of everything. Once you understand Reiki and energy, everything will fall into place because then you're open to receiving what you're supposed to do.
0: Now, when you do this, um, do you use your own? Is the the Reiki part your own energy that that you're using to do this? Because I was going to say, I mean, that's a lot of stuff coming back on you. Right. No, no, no. It's, I'm just filtering it.
1: Okay. It's not my energy. It just goes through me. If I use my own energy, I would be completely depleted at that in the evening. So that's, not really how this works so okay. it shouldn't be i mean before i was attuned to reiki i was doing energy healing and yes i was using my own energy mm-hmm. because i didn't know better but once i was attuned to it there was a difference like night and day i was like wow i'm not tired <laughs>
0: so, <laughs> we yeah. call it being goosed by a ghost that's what i call it like when I'm out, you know, when you're out ghost hunting and um, something runs through you and you don't realize they did it, and then the next day you're you're down for like two days mm-hmm. afterwards because you're because you're you know you're not protected at all. Right, dealing with it. So, um, like you say, you, you do that many healings a, like a week. Do you um, how do you do you advertise for it? To people do people know by word of mouth that, that that you do this.
1: It's mostly word of mouth. Yeah.
0: Okay okay cool and how long does it take someone to become a reiki healer reiki healer
1: well you can start helping people with level one you don't have to be a master it was just on my journey after i had my second attunement. i just felt that i wasn't finished mm-hmm. i had this i don't know it was such a strong pull like even if i had said no i don't want to be a master i couldn't have stopped it because the pull from the pit of my stomach was too strong, so I was definitely like my guides were like pushing me. You do this now, <laughs> so that's really I cool. had no choice. No matter.
0: And how long did it take you?
1: Well, for me, it was pretty quick. It took about three months,
0: which well, that's cool. I would not suggest
1: because <laughs> there's like a re- there's a specific reason why we have the three levels. So just imagine. The wa- a walnut shell.
0: Mm-hmm. and The walnut
1: shell is your life.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: When it's closed, that's your life. Now, when Reiki finds you, there's a little crack in that walnut shell, and you see like a little light, and there's something else out there. And then Reiki finds you. Yes, Reiki finds you. Literally, it comes into your life when you're ready. And so you get the first attunement, and the nutshell cracks open a little more.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It's open like that. And you work with that for a little bit. You get to know the energy, you get to know your own energy. You start feeling out your chakras and everything. Start giving treatments. And then you do the second achievement. And this, With the second achievement, the natural cracks open a little more.
0: Uh-huh.
1: And you get more inside. You start to notice your guides and your angels more. And you have more energy at your disposal. You get the first three symbols and you start working with them. You can send Reiki. Backwards, forwards in time, and all around the globe. And then you do the master teacher, and that's like, poof, there is no nutshell anymore. That's a huge amount of energy that you suddenly have at your disposal. If you're not ready for this, like, I wasn't ready for this, (laughs) honest. It's a rough ride because there's so much coming down on you, and your gifts, your natural gifts, manifest so quickly. Because you have all this energy and working with all that, finding your balance and it when you're not ready, it can be very difficult. But
0: I can imagine. I mean, we've had psychics, our new, you know, new psychics come in on, the, on my team, and I've seen this happen mm-hmm. with people. You know, it's like, like when I teach psychic development, it's very meticulous because I'm trying to teach people how to open and close the door properly because if you don't, mm-hmm. Not everything nice is going to come flying through there, you know. And I've seen it in a lot of people that have passed my way in the last eighteen years doing this, you know, where they get overwhelmed or something negative comes in, and they don't know how to handle it or whatever. Mm-hmm. So I understand what you know where you're coming from with with, with taking the fast track <laughs> to <laughs> to your training. I understand completely. This is this is really um, interesting to me in that you know people can actually heal this way, you know, healed mm-hmm. via chakras and energy and all. And all that I haven't got to that point yet with my with what I do. You know, I just teach it psychic development classes, and I see things and I hear dead people. But you know, <laughs> um, I could feel them. I, I could tell if it's a male or female in the room with me mm-hmm. just by the energy. But that's as far as far as I go with it. I've never I haven't considered taking the next steps in, into like you did, like, like like with Reiki or anything like that. Right. And then you started to read tarot, or was that before?
1: Well, I have been reading Tara since I was 14. Okay. But I didn't take an actual class until right after my Reiki master, actually. And before that, I always used the book. You know, I laid the cards and I used the guidebook and I was reading. But in that class, I actually learned how to use my intuition. Hmm. And so that was really cool. So now I need a book. I have the one deck of cards that I really resonate with that I saw and can read without a problem. Mm -hmm. We all have that one deck and it's a lot of fun.
0: I've never gotten into that either. I have a question in the chat room. Um, Can you use Reiki on yourself once you've learned it? Yeah, of
1: course you actually have with every Reiki class, you have like 21 days self Reiki practice so that you Learn it for yourself, and believe me, I didn't do it, and I wish I did. So mm-hmm. please listen to me when I tell you, it will help <laughs> you because you will learn how to feel the energy. In the beginning, it's difficult, especially with the first achievement. It's it is so amazing, it feels so great. you in a group with people who love it and you feel the energy, and it's so exciting. And then you come home and you have your partner. And you say come on I want to practice Reiki and <laughs> he or she lies down on the table and you start and nothing happens
0: right <laughs>
1: <laughs> so which means that most people give up after the first achievement because they say well it doesn't work for me right not true you just let the ego get in the way basically ego and Reiki do not mix Because when you want to give Reiki to your family member, you want to prove to them that it works. And once you start proving something, it doesn't work.
0: Right. Plus, doesn't the person have to be, you know, like like, like anything else, they have to be in the right frame of mind, too. I mean, if they're going to come in and say, oh, no, it's not going to work for me, you know, you're going to sit there (laughs) and bust your butt doing it.
1: Well, all they really need is give it the benefit of the doubt. There you go. They don't have to believe in it. My goodness, I have enough people who didn't believe in it and left <laughs> and came back the next month. <laughs> but it's just, yes, I have a lot of people who are, I like to call Reiki virgins, who never had Reiki before and they come to me and they're, they're nervous, of course, because they have no idea what how it's going to feel. Mm-hmm. But there's little tricks that you can do as a Reiki practitioner to really help them open up. And knowing how he feels on yourself is very important. That's why the self healing time is important. So you feel the energy and know what it feels like.
0: Now, is there, um, like you said, the the one lady felt like instant credit, you know, instantly better. Are there times when you've worked on somebody and and, and it's taken a day or two afterwards for it to really take effect?
1: Everybody's different. Mm -hmm. And it depends on what you work on and how long it takes for the energy to really leave. You Mm -hmm. also have to think about there is um, something that I call elusive energy. And elusive energy is emotional energy that people don't want to let go of. Mm -hmm. For women, usually it's in a lower back area. So when you work on that and you feel the energy, you try to pull it out and all of a sudden it's gone. (laughs) It just slips out of your fingers, and moves somewhere else, which means, the client doesn't want to let it go. So then you try to find it again, and then you try to pull it out again, and it just slips away again. Mm-hmm. So, which means if something like this happens, you can start talking to your client and ask specific questions like what are you holding on to? So anything that you can't let go of, you know, the gentle questions. And as soon as they calm down and start talking about it, then the energy releases on its own. It's very nice.
0: Why is it, like you said, um, it's usually with older women, it's in, it's in the lower back. Why is it? Is that is that where we carry our stress? I don't know.
1: I never thought about that. It's just where I always find it. I think okay. this is more like where our sexual center
0: is. Maybe. Where yeah. our
1: power sits, everything. So I think that has something to do with it.
0: Or possibly that the base of our spine is pretty much where all the nerves for like everything else come out of for, for our lower extremities too. I mean, cause I have, like I said, I have spinal stenosis. I've also got two collat vertebrae at the bottom, of, at the base of my back. And when I get my, my, uh, and all that, that's coming down my legs, you know, where my feet will fall asleep or something. And I, and I know that there, that must be compressing down there and stress will do it, you know, stress will do it every time. So that might be a reason why Maybe we should all become like Reiki doctors. Yeah, <laughs> Well, Reiki practitioners. I'm here. Here's another one. How can you find someone who's competent in Reiki? How, how do you know you've got somebody that's competent if you're out looking for a Reiki master?
1: That's a good question. Well, for one, how do I talk about Reiki? Okay. How do I talk about it? I mean, for me, I love it. And you can tell. I can tell. You know, for me, this is like everything. So someone who really immerses themselves into the practice, who really loves it, is Mm -hmm. a very good sign that they're really caring about their clients. Example. Now, there's also those um, also Reiki practitioners who work in spas, for example, or Mm -hmm. other facilities, and sometimes they charged by 30 minutes. And it's more like one after another one after another. And before you know it, it starts to get more like a job. But it's not a job. Reiki is universal love, divine energy. It's not a job. Once it becomes a job, usually the energy dries off because we lost our connection. Right. So when someone is really passionate about it, you can see if they have a website and you can read about them or just call them up and ask some questions. Like, for example, how long they've studied or what was their most profound experience they ever had with Reiki,
0: mm-hmm.
1: things like that, you know, to feel them out, how passionate they are about this healing art.
0: Fantastic, fantastic. And I can understand that about, you know, when it becomes a job, you're not thinking, you're not in the right mind to really be doing it. Right. You know, you have to have that, that open mind and, 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 and look at it positively because you're, you know, you're getting the power from the divine to even do this stuff, exactly. you know, to, to, to get down and work on people. Understandable, understandable. Let's I was mean, talking about, go ahead. I mean, there's always a give or a give and take. So
1: there always has to be an exchange. Uh huh. I give Reiki and I get paid for that. Right. But that's the universal law of give and take. Right. Giving and receiving. Right. But if someone turns it into a job, then if they have extra bills to pay, if they have their own facility and they don't have enough clients and they can get stressful, you know, and this is can be difficult to practice Reiki fully when we have mm-hmm. so much stress on our minds. Like when I don't feel 100%, I tell my clients, well, sorry, I need to postpone. I'm not up my game today and it wouldn't be fair to you. So I'm honest with that because for me, it's always about my clients that they get the best out of it because Reiki goes where it's needed most.
0: Mm -hmm. Let's say I have
1: a cold because my 8 year old brought it home from school. Then the energy would go to me and not to my client because me as the practitioner, I have to be on top of my game. So... My client would pay me, but not get any rate before it, basically.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So. Well, I was just thinking when you said that, you know, you, you do a service, you get paid. And I'm thinking like way back in the old days when people used to probably do this stuff, it wasn't money, it was chickens, it was... Or that. Yes. Uh, yeah, or whatever they had, you know, apples exactly. or, or whatever, you know. But they still, the the master still got something in, in the end. So, I mean, there's no sin about... Taking payment for what no. for what you guys do at all doing this or stuff. Well, in
1: exchange in services, I do that, right. but with other practitioners who practice something else, like a massage, for example. If I need a massage, I give her regular treatment. I get a massage for its
0: per. Sure, right. sure, absolutely, absolutely. Now talking about tarot, I always wonder about people that read tarot cards because. I mean, what happens if you're reading for somebody and you get something negative on the cards? How how do you handle that? Well, I
1: generally never sugarcoat. Okay. So if I see something that's really negative, Mm -hmm. we discuss it and Mm -hmm. we draw extra cards to get more information about what's going on because the tarot cards are a guideline. They're telling us what can happen. If it's something bad, that we're prepared and we can make sure this doesn't happen, for example. Uh-huh. So, cards, if I give you a reading today and I give you one tomorrow, the reading can be completely different because you just decided to make different choices.
0: Okay. Interesting. I never knew that either. You know, I always thought that, you know, you're going to get the cards you're going to get, you know, when, when, when they're put out. It would be a dull life. If <laughs> you could change anything Now, does it make a difference If there's going to be like a eclipse Or anything like that Like we've like, like, like got this lunar eclipse coming up Almost complete eclipse coming up in, in November Does it make a difference in a month like this When you when you do the Like you say, you know, one day you do a reading It could be different from the other reading But as you get closer to something like that With the stars and stuff aligning Does it make a difference in how those readings come out Do you think? Um, no
1: Not really usually when i have um a terror party I just uh-huh. had last week and that's usually a common theme okay but last week the theme was growth so okay. every person i read for was going through a spiritual growth spurt without fail
0: mm-hmm.
1: and but other than that no i mean sometimes during different alignments yes there may be a quantum leap forward and Uh then I will see that in the cards I can prepare people because growth sounds exciting but it's the messy bits we have to let go of and those messy bits can really mess up our life if we (laughs) don't know what's happening
0: right 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 here's a question have you done any readings on um the current situation now with COVID and all that have you got any messages on that
1: (sighs) yes I have a couple times And, well, without going too much into detail, I kept getting the message that by spring this should all fizzle out,
0: Okay. hopefully, Hopefully. and I'm not the
1: only one who said that there were other people who were doing spiritual readings who said the same thing, so I hope this is true, but really what I see right now, like for months, is like two realities. Like the reality it should be and the other one that's overlapping so i constantly float between two realities and so it's a little difficult to really read Mm -hmm. with everything being accurate because of those two realities that are like the dark one is trying to get over the one that should be here sure so but we light workers, we see a light at the end of the tunnel, and the light has basically already won. The dark just doesn't know it yet. Mm-hmm. To
0: put okay. it this way. Okay. Now, as a um, as a sensitive, are, 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 what 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 gifts do you have? Are, are, do you have clairaudience, clairsentience or or, or or which ones do you have?
1: Well, I have. God, I don't know all the clairs.
0: Yes. And I is clear, is clear sentient. I forgot what the hell the other one is. But well, yeah. <laughs> I
1: sometimes get smells. Okay. That I don't know where they're coming from. Okay. I'm a medium and training, I guess. Okay. I have the gift, but I haven't really embraced it. Okay. Until I had a poltergeist in my house. Fun times. Well, stuff.
0: that that would do it.
1: Yes, that would do. It. <laughs> um. I'm definitely clairsentient, clairaudient. I'm a little bit of everything, really. It just keeps on coming in and more and more. Very intuitive. I'm an empath. I'm a telepath. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of fun when you play charade and you hear what is, what is on the car, what they're trying to do. So that's kind of fun.
0: <laughs> I remember when I first started out ghost hunting and I, was, I didn't realize I was sensitive. and. That I was around a lot of sense because sensitive people attract sensitive people mm-hmm. And yeah. because I was around these other people Oh my gosh, it was like exploding And I remember I would go to work and I I knew what they were going to say tell me before they told me And I would sit there and just nod my head and they'd be like, well, why are you nodding your head already? I haven't said anything You know, I had stuff like that going on or or flashlights would like come on in my car when I was driving after I had what was it meetings It was Mm -hmm. weird stuff like that was happening or before ghost hunts i I would see the particular ghost that we were investigating would show up at my job you know so i had that kind of thing going on that's pretty cool what started with what what got you thinking i mean like you said you said the poltergeist tell me about the poltergeist oh
1: oh god (laughs) it was (laughs) last year and i had just um up leveled spiritually Like a really quantum leap forward. So my energy just exploded. Mm -hmm. And well, it turns out he was attracted to this energy because he needed help. Mm -hmm. And then for a week, my son was saying, well, every time I go into the basement, I hear knocking. And I was like, oh, my God, please no. I mean, I had help spirits cross over before so that was nothing new to me but in my house right was a little too close to home so well one night when I was alone I called him up and asked him what I he needed help with so for me I see spirits in my mind so I okay. don't see them in front of me luckily I'm not ready for that <laughs> but I see them in my mind and and he basically said he can't leave because his wife, who is still alive, won't let go. Mm-hmm. So that cord between them, he can't go. So what I did was I opened the gate and I saw his dog coming through and he was playing with him. But he couldn't move through because he was stuck. Right, because His wife was holding on to him. So what I did was I guess instinctively, I just sent her Reiki, and she let him go, and he got passed.
0: Cool. Cool, cool, cool. How old was mm-hmm. your son at the time?
1: Oh, it was last year. It was eight.
0: Okay. All right. That's just wondering.
1: Yeah. Because sometimes I didn't you get tell that. Him what it was because. Yeah. I know he's going to be very good. He is very gifted, but I want right. to shelter him a little more. You know.
0: Right. Because when they go through purity, sometimes you get that, too, you know, where there's a lot of activity going on on around the kids, whether they end up practicing Mm -hmm. being sensitive later on, but you get a lot of activity. Well, you already know that, but, you know, you get a lot of activity with them and stuff. What do you like best about being a Reiki healer, Reiki master?
1: What I like most about it, being able to help people. For me, everything I do is about helping people. Mm Mm-hmm. And Reiki is when I started Reiki, um, it was, for me, it was a feeling as I've come home after a long journey. It was like, this is it, this is what I'm supposed to do. And it just feels comfortable. It's a part of me. It's a part of everybody with the Reiki, we all have, we all do Reiki every day. We just don't know it. Okay. And with the Reiki training, we just relearn everything we used to know.
0: That's cool. So when somebody comes to you, what process, or how how is the process to get treated? Well, usually we have like
1: a 30 minute session where we talk about what's going on Mm -hmm. because with me doing so many different things. It's we need to sit down and talk and see what they actually would most benefit from whether it's Reiki or whether it's coaching, whether it's trauma healing, or if need ancestral healing, that something is there or past life healing. So yeah, it's a discussion. And then we figure out the best course of action.
0: Okay. And then will they tell you where they well, obviously they're going to tell you where the pain is, so then you can use yeah. your hands and see if you could feel that heat like you were talked about earlier. Mm-hmm.
1: Well, I do have a client and when she has something new, she always says, nah, I'm going to let you figure it out. (laughs) (laughs) So, and so far I haven't
0: disappointed her. (laughs) That's a challenge.
1: Yes. She likes to be challenging. She's the one that has a neck pain. Oh, the
0: neck thing. Oh yeah. Yeah. She's convinced that you're good at what you do.
1: She says, I have no idea how it works, but it works. And that's all that matters.
0: She's already got you going. How if, if you do a tarot card reading on somebody, um, does it depend on what they're looking for? Or do you just go with whatever whatever happens to pop up with the cards?
1: Well, usually when I give a reading, I have my very own style. And I give a reading for give or take six months. Okay. So I give the initial reading. And after that, we discuss it. If they have questions, I can draw some extra cards. And then I have my angel oracle cards afterwards. So okay. I don't do the Celtic cross or other spreads
0: mm-hmm.
1: over time. I just developed my own and I feel so comfortable with it and people love it. I don't know.
0: Should people be afraid? Cause I know, you know, I know some people that, that want to get a reading, but they're kind of afraid because you know, of, of the whole sickle dude, you know, the, <laughs> the, the, the dark card, you know, should people be afraid of that? No.
1: Well, the death card, for example. Yeah. Let me see if I can find it in my deck. Let me see. Maybe I'm lucky and it's right up here.
0: Maybe, maybe it's my reading. It's scary. I don't want to go there. No. <laughs> the
1: death card is actually not a
0: bad card.
1: It just I have to brings... oil my
0: chair. <laughs> Sorry. Okay. No, okay. <laughs> I
1: bet it's the last one in the deck. Now, there are some cards that we see as bad, which really aren't. And then there are some cards that we don't see as that bad, and they actually are. Nope, can't find it. It doesn't want to come out. Okay. Well, the death card basically just means a chapter in your life is ending and a new okay. one is beginning. Okay. Now, if you had, for example, the death card with the Uh swords, that would be a different story.
0: Uh
1: Or you have the death card and and, um, the eight of cups. Yeah. Well, there are certain combinations that would actually mean that someone is passing or getting very sick Uh or has been dying. But a death card in itself is not a bad thing. And I know a lot of people who are terrified of tarot, but I think it's really because they're afraid of anything that they don't understand. Right. Which means it doesn't fit into their worldview, so they're afraid of it. They're afraid that it would be, yeah, negative messages, or that they hear something they're not ready for, or they're just afraid because they don't know what to expect.
0: Or maybe, you know, there's a lot of this stuff on TV, too, that people are seeing. So, I mean, you know, if you look at the good, if you look at the paranormal shows and and the psychic shows and everything, they Mm -hmm. make it scary because they want to keep the audience interested. And so there's a misnomer going around, even with ghosts, even with what I do. You know, that everything is a demon or everything is evil and it's not. Mm-hmm. Just like with tarot cards, you know, stuff like that. You know, that, that that's an evil thing. You're gonna get the death card and all this is gonna go wrong and all this is gonna happen. It's not like that, right? I mean no,
1: not at all. I mean tarot at the very essence is a tool to build up your intuition. hmm That's really what it is. It helps you to be more intuitive. I mean, the more he used the tarot, the more it tells you at the beginning, mm-hmm. when you start out, you don't, you just get very basic information, but right. the more you use it, the more it jumps out on you in the pictures and the more you pick up and the more you can go deeper into what's going on.
0: It's kind of like if I'm thinking straight, it's kind of like people that follow their horoscope every day. I mean, you can either take the advice in the horoscope mm-hmm. and live like that, or you can do your own thing and then, this this and this happens or whatever so i would think that tarot would kind of be the same way
1: yeah exactly and it's really just a guideline so you if there's something bad coming then you can look at more cards and see okay how can you get around this okay you know how can you shift that so that it doesn't happen on the other hand sometimes even though something bad happens it's Uh supposed to happen because what follows is something good so let's say if there's a breakup for example Of a relationship. Sure. And there is the tower, and the tower means something happens you don't see coming.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. So you're being catapulted out of a situation, which sounds scary, but it's actually a good thing. Because that's the moment when the universe steps in and says, okay, it's enough.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Let's get you out of this and get you right on track. Because the universe never takes anything away from you without giving you something better in return. Okay. So even if something bad is happening, just means, okay, yes, it's bad in the moment, but wait, what's coming after? There's always something after. So it's always depending on how you look at it. You can see a problem as a problem, or you can see a problem as a challenge.
0: Okay, okay. What's one of your most um, memorable tarot readings for somebody? Oh, boy. (laughs) (laughs) I got the Um, hard questions tonight.
1: do really remember terror readings that i gave because after i channel i just forget about it so i don't hold on to the readings that i give okay it's just in the moment where i'm right bound in and then after that the energy is gone and i forget it so okay unfortunately <laughs> i can't answer that i'm sure there were many amazing ones but
0: Here's a question. How often should someone have their tarot reading done?
1: Okay. Well, not too often. (laughs) Because you can get addicted to it.
0: Okay.
1: You can get addicted to wanting to know what's going to happen. But, like I said, tarot is just a guide. So if you, let's say, have a reading every week.
0: Mm Mm-hmm.
1: I mean, life can't even unfold in a week, <laughs> you know? So I have clients who come in at the six month mark. Okay, we had a reading six months ago, let's get another one. You know, so that's how they do that. And this is fine. Mm-hmm. then they talk about the reading that they had, which I usually don't remember, <laughs> but they say, yes, this happened and that happened and that came true and this is so incredible and now let's do another one. And then we do another six month reading. So i would say not too often patience is a virtue give the time the cards and the universe time to really let the story of your life unfold
0: okay okay do you find there's um certain times of year that are more busier than others for 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 readings like that halloween okay
1: <laughs> yes. well no not really it's re real, i don't know since I don't really advertise for tarot, right. people who know me, yeah, here hey, would like a reading, and that's fine. But there's so many tarot readers out there, I don't think I have to be advertising to. But people who know me, like, mm-hmm. if you're in the show. If you want a reading, just let me know. I'm happy to do
0: it. There you go. Oh, no, you, you've opened up that. <laughs> you've opened I up know, that camera. I love
1: giving readings, but my main focus is trauma healing,
0: right. Right. You know,
1: because I evolved into that. On right. And so, yes, I still do tarot readings, but not officially, I guess.
0: There you go. There you go. Um, yeah, because we talked about your trauma healing last time you were on. Um, do you apply some of your um, Reiki stuff to that?
1: Yes, if my plans are open to that, mm-hmm. then we combine it. Like, usually, I always tell my clients, I will meet you where you're at, and I grow with you. Which means wherever they are on their journey, we will start there. Mm-hmm. So I will always be on their same level and then help them climb up. Whatever it is, wherever they are. So and if they need a little bit of trauma healing and they're also into spirituality, then we do energy healing to help the trauma release on the energetic level, which helps release a little faster. And yeah, I just whatever they feel comfortable with, I put into a package for them, basically.
0: Mm-hmm. Cool. Absolutely cool. Now tell me, um, tell me what your family thinks of what you do, you know, as far as doing the psychic work. Cause I know some families would be like, ah, you know, how, how do they feel about that?
1: Well, let's say one time I tried to talk to my husband about a very exciting Reiki session I had not the details but just some Mm -hmm. basic things that happened he was like you know what you have your friends to talk to about this (laughs) (laughs) it's okay i mean it's easier to talk about trauma healing that's something he can grasp right spirituality i've learned don't come near (laughs) him. and my family at home well when i was still trying to find my way they were just looking at me funny But then when I became a Reiki master, my first student was my mom. Cool. So, yeah, I guess they're, I don't know, it's still not really settling in. They don't really understand, they don't even know what I really do, like what I do. And that's okay. Because when you're on a spiritual journey, there will come a lot of people who, don't believe and who are afraid of the whole package of spirituality and mm-hmm. who try and ridicule you. It's normal. They ridicule you because they're afraid of you. And I've learned to just say, mm-hmm, okay, all right, not a problem and just <laughs> leave them be.
0: Now, what about your son? You said earlier that he was sensitive. Is, 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 he, is he going to pursue it?
1: Um, I hope so. I mean, right now it's he is saying that he has healing powers. So when let's say I have I don't know a headache or something is some nervous pinched, he brings his Pikachu pillow and says, "Here, Mama, this has healing powers, put it <laughs> out and it will go away." Or he holds his hands over it, so he has never mm-hmm. seen him practice Reiki, so he does this automatically. So I would say, yeah,
0: he is. It does run in families, though. That's probably why your mother got on board too, you know. Maybe. And it's supposed to be stronger in the first son, you know. So.
1: And he is the first in a long line of, of children.
0: Yeah, there you go. You may have a real strong one there. Um, what do you do have to say that? To, what do you have to say to people that are kind of apprehensive about coming in for a healing like that?
1: Well, it depends if they are sent by friends to go Mm -hmm. and they're like well I was told I should come here then you can be sure that they are pretty much closed off it's like Mm -hmm. yeah I don't believe in it but so first of all don't judge them because they're there they came so there is at least some curiosity so usually I just sit down with them and tell them what they can expect so sure usual routine. Like you may feel heat or coldness, a little tingling. If anything is too intense, just let me know. And then usually it takes about two or three minutes until they're relaxed. When they're like really tense,
0: Mm -hmm. they don't
1: get energy in and I don't feel any energy flow. Now, what we can do in this instance is first of all, don't think it's us. It's never the practitioner. When the energy doesn't flow, it's because the client doesn't allow it.
0: Uh-huh.
1: It's tensed up. Uh-huh. Usually, what I do, I start here with the jaw. Like I hold my hands here. And when they're clenching their teeth, the jaw is hot. Uh-huh. Which means then I ask them if they clench their teeth.
0: Okay.
1: And if they say yes, I can tell them, well, I know. <laughs> <laughs> and that's usually the part where they start to ease up i say wow okay think little things little tricks like that not tricks but a little way to help them relax or I just tell them just relax take a deep breath and just close your eyes and listen to the music and then after a couple of minutes they start to allow the energy in
0: okay do you get a lot of chronic pain patients i mean you're know, chronic pain people yeah not patients are people yeah
1: and the thing with chronic pain is that after a few reiki sessions even the chronic pain becomes less chronic like the degenerative the syndrome for my client mm-hmm. she hasn't had pain in over a year just reiki every three months
0: that's incredible mm-hmm People should look more into that, especially with the yep. way they're cutting back on pay bills on people <laughs> and stuff, you know, we do need to look more into this stuff. Yep. Reiki
1: is amazing because really even pain is just energy. And if you release that energy, you release the pain. Mm-hmm. But of course, sometimes one session is enough. And sometimes, of course, you should do it like once every month, for example. I wouldn't say mm. weekly. That's too much. Right. Because... It takes the Reiki energy about a week to go through all levels of the body. And then you should give the body another week so it can adjust to the changes. Because if you just do Reiki every week and you just add more energy and more energy, then you have an energy overload, which is also not helpful. So you have to give your body time to work with the energy. So at the very least have two weeks in between. I suggest a month,
0: Mm -hmm.
1: but everybody's different if some people feel more drawn to having it every two weeks and that's fine. If they feel for them, that's the right thing to do.
0: Okay. Okay. This has just been really fascinating to talk about this stuff, but I never really sat down and talk one-on-one with anybody that did Reiki. I know people that practice it, but I've never really gotten down the nuts and bolts of it all.
1: I'm glad.
0: Now, when you're learning it, what are the courses like that you go through?
1: Well, I did. Uh, my Reiki courses twice I did it once in a metaphysical store mm-hmm. the first time and I learned it from simply the energetic perspective all about energy the chakras and the spirit guides that's where I met my spirit guides for the first time and the second time I did it in the hospital because I wanted to learn it from the medical point of view which was really interesting of course there you didn't really learn anything about the spiritual aspect of it just the main medical so which was really sad because one of my students when she had the master's in human she actually saw her spirit guide and she didn't know what to do with that and she asked our teacher and the teacher said well just ignore it it's fine and later I explained to her what it actually was that she saw because our teacher wasn't allowed to Mm -hmm. she had to stay within the parameters of the hospital and wasn't allowed to do spiritual work. But it's if you really want to go into Reiki and practice it, I highly suggest learning it from both perspectives. The hospital, mm-hmm. the medical, and the spiritual. So you have both.
0: Okay. Cool, cool, cool. Now we had this question last time we were on, and you're in Las Vegas, you're standing on the strip. There's a lot of Reiki pra- practitioners standing there, you know, out front of their buildings. How do you get people to come into yours?
1: Well, the people who feel drawn to me will automatically come to me.
0: Okay. That's
1: how energy works.
0: That's okay. The of it. Okay. You seem like you really, you know, you act like you, are really enjoying it. And I think, I think that's a plus as far as, you know, so as far as getting treated, you know, having you work on somebody. Um, did you realize that, like, like you said, when, when you first started doing it, all of a sudden everything clicked. Hey, this is for me, right? What kind of yeah. feeling was that? What kind of feeling was that?
1: Oh, well, let's see the very beginning. <laughs> when I had my second attunement right after the achievement, mm-hmm. um, I remember it was in the summer and it was a light breeze outside and I just felt naked. I literally had to look down myself, making sure I was wearing clothes because I felt the wind stronger, I felt the sun hotter. It was like I was wearing no clothes. Which was pretty amazing because something that I was like a blanket that I was carrying around with me for so long was just released through the achievement. And after that, it was just, I just felt whole,
0: Mm
1: -hmm. I just felt complete, like this was missing. And it's, I know, it's hard to describe this feeling. It was just exactly
0: Absolutely. what I needed. Absolutely. Sandra, thank you so much for coming on and talking to me about this. Like I said, I've never really sat one-on-one with somebody to really discuss, to, to get down the nuts and bolts of it. I've really enjoyed this immensely. I'm glad. Thanks so much. And maybe me. somewhere down the line, we can get you back on again and talk about and other stuff. What, what do you have coming up? Well,
1: what I have coming up is working on my second book. Okay, and I'm working on the program mm-hmm. to teach people how they can use the Akashic records for ancestral and past life healing.
0: That's cool. For
1: themselves and for others.
0: That is cool. Well, maybe we'll have you on uh, a month or so here to talk about the the, the, uh, the Akashic records.
1: Sure. I as love well,
0: we can do that. This was okay. this was really fun, and I hope you liked it. So you know, like uh-huh. I said, I we'd like to get you back. All righty. Well, thank you so much. Thank you. And have a good evening. I hope you don't get snowed in too soon up north. Oh, I hope not. <laughs> <ready for> snow. <laughs> I hear you. I hear you. Okay. Well, thank you very much.
1: Thank you.
0: Have a good evening.
1: You too.
0: Bye. Bye. Okay, guys. That was fun. We're going to try and get her on again here. Anyway, well, I want to remind everybody Um, again, you know, where I, I'm at. Uh, November's a tough month for even ghost ghost teams, and like I said, I want to keep this show on the air, and... uh... The only way I can do that, because we are a nonprofit, is to have events and donations and all that good stuff. So if you'd be so kind, you know, to donate some a little something to us at WW I mean I'm sorry, PayPal.me, God, at California Haunts, that would be great. Um I, you know, I've got to make my cable, I, I've got to make my internet bill and the bill for StreamYard and stuff like that to keep the show on the air, and I wanna keep it on the air. We've got some really, really good guests coming up. And I know I sound like a broken record, I sound like KVIE, but November is really slow so far, and uh, we really got to get stuff going. Um, We're going to be teaching some classes this month. We're also going to uh, do a seance and psychic reading on Friday night, if you guys are interested. That's going to be on Zoom, and once somebody pays, they do get the link. Um, You can get information on that seance and psychic reading at www.californiahauntsradio.com and go to the top, click on Events, and all the information is there. On the thirteenth, I'm also teaching a, psychic, a second level psychic development class, and those who were still in the first level can, can join in if you want to. And I'm teaching three uh, three different things to kind of to kind of open you up to those things, and if you're interested, um, that you can also find at the www.CaliforniaHauntsRadio.com. and I'm also doing a ghost hunting equipment class that's that's unlike any other. Uh, What we're doing in this class is we're looking at each piece of equipment, um, practicing, I mean, really practicing how it works because it doesn't work the way a lot of people are using it out in the field. And so, for example, the K2 meter, there's some quirks with the K2 meter. I mean, everybody sees that on TV and stuff, but it's not responding the way you think it is. And that's the stuff I want to talk about with you guys, the the ins and outs of that equipment. So if you want to um, participate in that, that's going to be on the 20th of November. So it's going to be pretty busy here. We're also going to be doing what I call ghost tours. That's coming back, where we take four or five people out with us on a ghost hunt, and you get to use our equipment, and you get to have your picture taken with the team and and some other good stuff. But like I said, I have to do all this so that I can pay the bills here. And uh, right now it's looking pretty grim. So if you guys could help me out, I'd really appreciate it again. That's uh, for those, for those courses and stuff, that's www.californiahuntsradio.com and click on events. And if you feel it, the, desire to not have to deal with the class and just want to help me out you know help me out and help the team out a little bit, PayPal.me at California Haunts. If you like the show, share it with five people. If you hated the show, share it with five of your enemies. We're all equal opportunity here. Also, we've got ninety six subscribers at YouTube now, so we're getting closer to that goal to get over a hundred so that we can get our dedicated URL. Um, you can search for us, you can you can hunt for us, you're not gonna find us because YouTube does not have a dedicated URL to us, so the only way to find us is you have to go to the website at www.californiahauntsradio.com. Click on the video there. That will take you to YouTube, and you can subscribe from there. Uh, The more subscribers we get, the better chance we have of getting that URL. We have to have a 100 or more, and it has to stay consistent for a couple weeks before they will allow me to put a dedicated URL there. So in the meantime, if you go to the website, you can access all of our archives and all that good stuff and um please do that and tomorrow's going to be a very f- interesting guest i never my wildest dreams thought i would be talking about this dale clark who is the director of tours at the waverly hills sanitarium will be on tomorrow at six thirty p.m pacific and we're going to be talking about Waver- the, the ghosts at waverly hills and for those that people that don't know what waverly hills is that was a tb san- sanitarium that was built in the early 1900s and uh, it ha- ended up housing up to 150 uh, patients before before it was closed, and then they turned around, did some refinishing on it, turned it into a t- turned it into a senior citizen home. So, Waverly uh, Hills is very active. It finally closed in 1962, but uh, the foundation bought it, and uh, they do ghost tours in there and everything. And uh, there's been a lot of interesting sightings in there. In fact, it's even been on TV a few times, so we're going to do that. I'm going to give you guys a heads-up, too. Thursday's show is going to be about the Phoenix Lights. Uh, Dr. Kata- Lynn Katai is going to be on with us. Uh, that show is going to be at 7.30 p.m. instead of 6.30 because of her schedule. So just make note of that. We're going to be an hour later on Thursday. I want to thank you guys for coming tonight, and I really appreciate it. And like I said, if you could help me out a little bit to keep the show on the air this month, I'd appreciate it because we're getting down the wire here. Uh, PayPal.me at California Haunts or visit the events page at www dot california haunts com and soon as that goes through i will get you a link to join to 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 join the seance or whichever you choose but thank you again you guys and i appreciate you coming and i'm not going to blow into this thing anymore because yeah i see what's happening but again thank you and i will see you tomorrow at six thirty.